Are we good? We're good. Okay, thank you, team. You may be seated. I've entitled my message tonight, Have Your Own Voice. And this afternoon I saw a clip on the internet and it was something like, when you have your say on social media. And the clip was a picture of Johnny Depp in one of those Pirates of the Caribbean movies. He was the main lead bad man or whatever he was. And he's running along a beach with a very terrified look on his face. And then the camera pans away and around the corner of this beach comes a whole huge crowd of very angry natives chasing him down the beach. And how true that is if you say something on social media that's not going along with the crowd. I mean, in our society today, we have freedom of speech as long as you don't speak against the minority group and then you're in trouble. So I'm not sure where freedom of speech comes in. So have your own voice. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're with us this evening through the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you'll speak to each and every one of us as we need individually to hear from you. I thank you for these words and I pray you will take them and we will all learn and get something out of them. pray that we will be open to hear from you this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. We need to make our own decisions. Like Johnny Depp, it might mean you'll go for a run along the beach with a whole pack of savages chasing you. But it's important that we do. Turn with me to Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15, starting at verse 1. Immediately in the morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus, led him away, and delivered him to Pilate. Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered and said to him, It is as you say. And the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him again, saying, Do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you. But Jesus still answered nothing, so that Pilate marvelled. Now at the feast he was accustomed to releasing one prisoner to them, whomever they requested. And there was one Barabbas who was chained with his fellow rebels. They had committed murder in the rebellion. Then the multitude, crying aloud, began to ask him to do just as he had always done for them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. Remember that word, envy. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd so that he should rather release Barabbas to them. Pilate answered and said to them again, What do you want me to do with, the who, with him whom you call the king of the Jews? So they cried out again, Crucify him. Then Pilate said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, released Barabbas to them and he delivered Jesus after he had scourged him to be crucified. 
We see Pilate wanted to gratify the crowd. I actually feel for Pilate. Here he is, he's the governor on the backside of the Roman Empire, away from you know, the, the luxuries and niceties of Rome. He's got probably a bunch of religious people of all different factions, all wanting him to do things their way. The whole population around him hates him and he's got to try and keep control over this. And he's, he's got this mob of religious people coming and saying, this guy doesn't agree with us, we want you to crucify him. Really? I mean, I think that's a bit like the local um, quilters club going to the local MP and say, Sandy's just joined our club and she says we should use cross-stitch instead of long-stitch. That's the sort of thing poor old Pilate's putting up with. Did you remember our local member, federal member, thinking, what are you telling me for? So he's just sort of... But being in the position he is, he's got to keep peace. So what does he do? He goes with the crowd to keep the peace. Verse 10 and 11. For he knew that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd so that he, would, he should rather release Barabbas to them. They used the crowd to fulfil their own agenda. Remembering that probably some of that crowd, if not a lot of them, less than a week ago were singing hallelujah and praise God and hosanna in the highest as Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. And now they're yelling out, crucify him. They really haven't been thinking for themselves, have they? The Pharisees and the leaders would, wanted to do away with Jesus. That was their agenda. There are many movements and groups and people with agendas today, as I'm sure there was in Pilate's day. Everyone has an agenda, good or bad. It's all right when they've got a good one. But there's a lot of bad ones in our society today. I remember getting to be many years ago now. I was on a board in a church down in New South Wales when who was around when the Toronto blessing thing was happening? A few of us. You're all old too, apparently. Yeah. But uh, we're on the board and we had a letter or, or something that someone presented at the board. We were sort of toing and froing as a church as to you know whether this thing was of God or what, because there were some funny things happening and and there was uh, something from someone in England who had voiced their concerns and was saying, you know, you know, pulling apart these pastors and leaders that were involved with it and all this type of stuff. And so we, we were sort of thinking, what are we doing about it? And I, I thought, well, who is he? I'd never heard of this guy before. What's his agenda? What, why is he, what's he so, why is he so violently opposed to, you know, what's happening here and why have we got a letter from him or however we got the, the news? And that was my question. Should we just blindly follow what this guy is who we don't know who he is? We don't know what his agenda is. Has he had a falling out with one of these people so he's getting back with them? We didn't know. <clears throat> just a side tip for this. If you're having one of those dilemmas where something is of God or you're not real sure... There was a rather wise man in the book of Acts called Gamaliel. 
in Acts chapter 5. And uh, the apostles were out preaching the gospel and they'd been arrested. And uh, chapter 5, verse 34, Then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in respect by all the people, and commanded them to put the apostles out for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, uh, Theatus, that'll do, rose up, claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and come to nothing. After this, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census, and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed uh, him were dispersed. So now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan of this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. I think that's pretty sound wisdom for us today when we see things happening that we're not real sure about. I'm not real sure about this next bit. And they agreed with him. And when they had called the apostles, they beat them and let them go. That's a bit harsh, I thought. It's just a, that's nothing to really to do with my message. But it's a good tip when people are telling you things to have a look for yourself. So there's so many voices out there today. We have the media. We have friends. Well-meaning Christians, they're always good ones. Our media, I try not to be a conspiracy type person, but the media doesn't help. I'm pretty convinced that most of what we read on the news, current affair programs and all that type of stuff is all a load of rubbish and most of it isn't true. Or if it is slightly true, all media outlets have their own agendas, there's that word again, and they all want to push their barrel, you know, Newspapers, television stations, all the radio stations topple governments, except in America, <laughs> where they all got it wrong. And I really love that. <laughs> I'm not sure whether I like Trump or not, still out on that one, but the fact that all these media people and all these experts got it so wrong, that was just wonderful. And this idea of the media not really telling the truth was really blatantly plain. Very simple example. Some years ago, we had a Cyclone 5 heading directly for Gladstone. And so Sandy and I were watching the, the news that night to you know, see where it was at. And there was a lady standing out at Spinnaker Park, the, the weather lady. And she was saying, well, the heavy rain has eased off and the, the wind has died down. And we go, heavy rain? Um, what heavy rain? What, what wind? And that the harbour is now getting, you know, it's not as rough as it was earlier. Well, the funny thing is, Sandy and I were out there earlier, probably no more than two or three hours before this lady went on the, on the air. And have you ever been to the harbour where it's that smooth, it's shiny, like glass? Well, that was our harbour. That was apparently not so rough as it had been before. So it couldn't have been real rough before when she was looking at it. We'd had no rain, we hadn't had any wind, and the harbour was... And we looked at each other and think, she has just blatantly lied. 
So everyone else in Australia, I think that might have been the time one of your sisters rang up to make sure we were all right. And we're going, we're fine, there's nothing happening here. That was that one that went down the coast and came back again and we didn't, still didn't get any rain. Nobody got any rain out of it. It was just all hot air. But that's a very basic example of what we can get from our media. What about our ill-informed friends? They're always goodies. It's all right, everyone else is doing it. Pastor James goes up to the nightclubs every once a month. <laughs> well, he did... But he, but he sort of didn't go in and get rotten drunk and come out again and ask the chaplain to give him some water. He was actually the one outside, like a few of us used to do. But, you know, it's okay. But, you know, it'll be all right. And it used to be rather funny who you would come across up there on a Saturday night at 2 o'clock in the morning, staggering out of clubs. You go, oh, really? Okay. Giving Jesus a really bad name. But it's, but it's okay. Everyone's doing it. They're alcoholics, they're drug addicts because everyone's doing it. You know? We can, even in our Christian circles, we can be swayed into things because everyone's doing it. Well, just check it out before you become part of everyone. Because just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean it's okay. And I like the well meaning Christians. Now, with social media and the internet, they are having a field day. Because see, once upon a time they had to fax it to the church or they had to send a letter or something. But now they can tell everybody. And only this week I saw a great example and it was a picture of Joel Osteen, you know, the, the American preacher, speaker, whatever. I, that's about all I know of him. And uh, it had the picture of him and it had written on it, when you make a $40 million fortune off the church, you're not a pastor, you're a business con man. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Perhaps I should have a bit more of a read of this because I thought Joel Osteen, much as I knew, he was not a bad sort of a bloke, I suppose, not that I've ever met him. And uh, this was the comment. He is no pastor, he is a money-grubbing pig, just like the rest of prosperity preachers. If they had taken five minutes to learn who Jesus really was, they would have realised that he was, a, he was homeless by choice and did not use... I wonder if the guy writing it is homeless by choice. I'm thinking perhaps not. I just had that thought. And did not have use for great wealth. In fact, he taught against it. Oh, well, they have their heaven, but it's not eternal like the one to come. I'm guessing from the way it's written, that's a Christian... Just how that fits into Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. I'm not real sure. But I don't think these people have that in their Bible. They could say, well, I'm a watchman. Watchman is about ten times mentioned in the Bible and it's all in the Old Testament and it's about people who stand up and guard Jerusalem. But they take this on, another watchman, to protect all of us against the horrors of what other Christians are doing. And the second like it is this, you shall love your neighbour as yourself and there is no other commandment greater than these. We see, I see a lot of Christians who do the first one really good. 
love the Lord their God with all their heart, their mind, you know how it goes, have a lot of trouble with the second one. Now, I was very happy to read more of the, the um, comments because it wasn't like poor Johnny Depp being chased down the beach by a mad crowd. It was One comment was bad, all the rest were good. And this one says, He really is a lovely person. While Joel doesn't dib, dib, dig deep in theology, he gives people hope, guides them to Christ in a non-threatening way. People turn their lives around because he's approachable. Joel's ministry gives millions of dollars to several causes. Making accusations about a pastor is a horrific judgment. Come to Houston church and visit come to Houston and visit his church. Experience his ministry, his staff. You really have no idea how much of a selfless servant he is. I'm surprised you posted this. I think that sounds like someone who actually knows Joel. Well, I don't think the other person has taken the time. He just flashed out a comment on the social media, whatever, as we can all do these days. So, but I know which crowd I'd rather be following. Yeah. The second one, not the first one. So, how can we avoid this? How can we avoid being caught up in the crowd mentality? Well, I know it's a bit radical, but can I use Jesus as an example? Is that okay? No. Oh, thanks, Ben. <laughs> All right, good. Because, <laughs> well, I've found that Jesus is generally a fairly good example for your Christian walk. That's just my... That's just what I've experienced. I hope I can pass it on to you all tonight. Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4, we see Jesus has been through the temptations in the wilderness. He comes out of the wilderness. He goes to Galilee. He goes to his hometown and preaches a wonderful sermon and gets kicked out and uh, gets threatened to be thrown off a cliff, but he makes his way free. He then goes from there to Capernaum and he begins teaching them on the Sabbath and they were astonished at his teaching for his word was with authority. There was a man in the synagogue who had an unclean demon. He cast him out. Further along, they, uh, he went over to Peter's place and his mother-in-law was there. She was sick. She healed Peter's mother-in-law. That night, they had a healing meeting and People from miles around with sicknesses and diseases and demons came and he cleaned them all up, healed them all, cast them all out. And then it says in verse 42, And when it was day, so the next morning I'm guessing, he departed and went into a deserted place. Now that's a good start to get away from the crowd, to clear your head. And the crowd, the who? Crowd. The crowd sought him out sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because for this purpose I have been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. John 6.38 says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of the one who sent me. John 14.31 But so that the world may know that I love the Father... 
through, uh, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. Get up, let us go from here. He's fulfilling his purpose that his Father has given him. Jesus got away from the crowd so that he hear from the Father as to what he was to do. See, what did the crowd wanted him to do? They wanted him to stay where he was, to hang around. Now, he could have set up camp, had a good ministry for a number of years, probably would have paid the debts. He would have been able to buy that home that he didn't have that the other guy said and be able to settle down there in Capernaum and probably would have had a great time of ministry. Probably wouldn't have done our plan of salvation too good, but, but he knew he had a greater purpose than to just being there in one place. He had other places, it says, that he had to go. Today is important because you are alive. You all, most of you are looking alive. Yep, we're all good. <laughs> you are here for God's purpose, a purpose that will affect eternity. So if we're avoiding the crowd and the crowd mentality, none, not just at the moment, in a little while. Okay, thank you. And uh, we can affect others for eternity by the way we listen or not listen to the crowd. We can affect others. We have a God-given purpose which we can only fulfil through obedience to God. Not going with the crowd but having our own voice. Obedience changes things. We move from Luke 4 into Luke 5, 1 to 11. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood, up, stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put him out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Peter was an experienced fisherman. And here he had been all night and not a thing. And here's this itinerant preacher telling him to go and do, go out fishing. I mean, he could have... I guess went with the crowd and said, what do you know about fishing, mate? But he didn't. He chose to be obedient. <clears throat> Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell at his knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. What a great piece of scripture. Peter came to a revelation of who Jesus was and realised how unclean he was in his presence. But we read on. For he and all who were with him were 
were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, from now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to to land, they forsook all and followed him. How changed is that? I think when they were cleaning their nets, only a short time earlier, they probably weren't thinking they were about to give up their livelihood and follow Jesus and be amazing characters in our Bible history. I don't think that was entering their head. But through their obedience, their lives were changed. Not only their, their lives, but the lives of many others affecting eternity. Obedience to God will separate us from the crowd and make us go in a different direction. We won't be caught up in the hype, blindly believing someone else's agenda. We see it all the time, don't we, on the media today, all the agendas that we have for different minority groups fighting for their voice to be heard. And they can dress it up pretty good, a lot of them. They do it well. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What would have happened if he had listened to the crowd at Capernaum? So we need to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our, of our faith, to run the race that is set before us. 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says, this is Paul speaking, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not only to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I don't think you'll get that if you go with the crowd. You only get that if you stand against the crowd. Job was done and purpose was fulfilled for Paul and for Jesus. So, if you're going to run with the crowd... Make sure you know which direction they're running and why they're running in that direction. Have your own voice. Let's pray. (coughs) Heavenly Father, we we praise you and we honour you this evening. We thank you for the example of of your son Jesus that I guess while he walked on earth, there were plenty of opportunities for him not to fulfill his purpose that he came here for. But Lord, we're so grateful that he went against the crowd, that he went his own way, he went your way, he was obedient to your word. And Father, I know myself and I'm sure all of us here have at some time followed a crowd that we knew 
wasn't right or that was sending us in a wrong direction. Father, I pray you would guide us as we spend time with you, that you would help us to make those decisions that at times, if it means we go against the crowd, then so be it. Or we'd rather be obedient to your, your voice and to our, uh, compared to our own agendas or the agendas of others that are influencing us, Lord. We thank you, Father, that uh, you just care so much for us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that guides and directs our thoughts. And we give you all praise and honour in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we have the music team up again, please? I probably should have got you up a bit earlier. So it mightn't be a nice thought running down the beach like Johnny Depp with a whole crowd of savages chasing you. But it's the best thing in the end. Let's stand and... Thank you. 